So take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Oh, kids' table. Yes, let me remind you about that. Thank you for the psts, uh, where you're trying to get my attention. Uh, if you are K through 5th, we have a kids' table right over here. We have activity sheets for them, coloring sheets. Uh, there are, there, one of the activities is to listen for eight words that I'm going to use throughout the message so that they're hearing and listening and, and doing at the same time, which kids can do and we older folks tend to not be able to do so much. Um, so if you have a, a kiddo that age that wants to go over there, uh, go. It's adulted so that uh, they're being watched. Eh, adulted, yeah. Shrug. Um, ish, adulted ish. The rest of you take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 43, verse 9. No, I'm sorry, verse, not 9, I've lost it. Nineteen. That's the yeah. That's the different number. Sorry, I'm still on Eastern time. We got in about ten forty-five last night from our trip to New York, so um, everything's kind of jumbled a little bit. I've wanted to do a sort of State of the Union uh, message every year that I've been here. Um, I just it's, it just sounds like a good thing to do, and I, I never did it. Um, I had a professor in seminary, uh, Dr. Dan Crawford, who had a particular project that he was a part, uh, the, that he was in charge of, and and every year in making decisions about that project, he said he waited for his go word from the Lord when it was time to make some crucial decisions about it, and I've kind of adapted that. Uh, it, I, I didn't realize that's the way I did things, but I kind of did. I have these ideas, things that I want to do, things that, whether they're ministry opportunities or activities in the church programs, we're going to start, whatever it is, I've got these ideas, okay, and I'll put it on the back burner until I feel like God's saying go. And I've wanted to do the state of the unions, the state of the church thing, and I just never felt like it was time. Never felt like that was what God was telling us telling me to do. This year, though, it, it felt like it was kind of time to, to, to see where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Um, the, the, the truth is, in this state and vision, the, the state of the church, the vision of the church, uh, the last five years have not been uh, the easiest uh, in, in any number of ways. I've been here as pastor now uh, five years and is it, is it four months? September, October, November, December. Yeah, five years, four months. So it, it doesn't quite work with the calendar, but we're just going to call it five years. Hasn't been uh, the easiest at times. And if if I had done a, a state of the church, let's just assume that on January 9th of every year, I got up here and talked briefly about what was going on. As a matter of fact, I would have talked more in depth if I had done this every year. Um, so uh, I'm not going to go into depth. We're not going to talk about everything that was done every year. Just kind of a, a, a general, well, there's a reason why we're talking about certain things because we want to see where we are in relation to where we were. 
So on January 9th, 2017, I could have stood before you having been your pastor for only four months, and, and I would have talked about what we had, some decisions that we might have made in those past four months and all of that. But just the, the general feeling, though, is what I'm wanting to get to. Um, at that point, in, in January 9th, 2017, I and the church, we, we had the, the usual friction of a new pastor in a church. Always happens. Uh, it, it's just, just the way it is. We had some of the less than usual friction as well. That was in the background going on. Uh, for the, the first five months of my time here, it was, it was actually five months, I started 1st of August, uh, we averaged 220 in worship in 2016. So from August to December, we averaged 220 in worship. Now at that point in our church's history, uh, uh, our average yearly attendance had declined nearly every year since 2004. We had gone from 480 in 2004, this is just average attendance for the year, to 220. And that decline averages out to about 25 people per year. That was state of the church January 9th, 2017. Let's fast forward a year, January 9th, 2018. Now, I've been here a year and five months, so we still have this, this, the typical new pastor friction. If there ever was a honeymoon, it's, it's, it's over at that point. Uh, but the less typical friction uh, that doesn't happen everywhere, that, that had increased uh, over that year. And in 2017, the, the, the year 2017, we averaged 218 in worship. So it had dropped a little bit. So we make it through 2018, and we get to January 9th, 2019. And January 2019 was a fairly pivotal month for us. It had been a pretty pivotal year in 2018. The, the less typical friction continued to grow and actually came to a head in 2018. Now, statistically, and I mean statistically like from all the people who study churches and, and, and church pastor relationships and just how it works, statistically is the, th uh, the third year is the pastor and church's hardest year, as the most difficult year. As a matter of fact, that's when most pastors leave a church, is that third year. Uh, the average is actually 18 months, but the, you usually make it into that second, uh, that second year, that third year, and that's when it gets the most difficult. Well, that, that holds true. It, that it's a statistic, it's an average, it's a stereotype because it happens a lot. And that was the way it was here as well. In 2018, we averaged 194 in worship. So you see that about 25 number uh, decline. In 2018, we went through experiencing God together. Uh, we, we took the, the January through, it was probably April, I think, 
some 13 weeks, and we went through experiencing God together as a church. We had our, our D groups met in the evenings uh, in various places. As we went through that, I preached through what was our memory verse for each week of experiencing God. And we still, and I'm going to reference back to that, even as I work through uh, the passage this morning, we still bring that up regularly. That was a pivotal time. I, I don't believe it was an, at all a coincidence in God's timing that the third year was when we went through experiencing God. It was the counterbalance, I think, to, to the difficulties of any pastor's third year at a church, or at least the average pastor's uh, third year at a church. In 2018, a, a major change relieved much of that less typical friction that uh, that less typical friction that we experienced. Um, it didn't relieve all of it. Uh, there, there was still some some of that there. So we come to January. Uh, we come to 2019. Then January 9th, 2020. Looking back on uh, January 9th. Uh, January, I'm sorry, looking back on 2019. Um, incidentally, January 9th, 2020, we would have been in New York the same time, having just celebrated our, our 20th anniversary in, in New York uh, two years ago. But looking back on that year, 2019, uh, the fourth year is, is often the easier year. That's when things start letting up, and everybody can kind of breathe easier. That really wasn't the case for us. The fourth year was nearly as difficult as the third. Uh, 2019 was, was tough. Um, staffing and budget issues at the beginning and the end of 2019 took a pretty horrible toll on our church. Uh, our average attendance in 2019 was 156 we were down 38 from the previous year, and we were down 64 since I started in August of 2016. So if you're doing the math, you, you see that there was one year where we didn't lose the average tw of 25, but, uh, but most years we did, and a couple of years we made up for it, where we didn't lose it the year before. That January of 2020, the staff plotted a course for outreach and growth uh, through 2023. We had Vision 23, we called it, and we, we were looking to the, 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 um, the processes, the things that we could do for the next three years to get us to a certain point by the end of 2023. That was our, that was our goal. We, we set the, the goals at the end and then kind of backed up and said, okay, how do we get there? And that's what we presented to you in January of 2020. And then 2020 happened. We got to January 9th of 2021, and uh, as my response was back in the gym at some point a year and a half ago or so, what the heck? 2020, if you had a plan, 2020 dashed it. If you had an idea, 2020 removed it. If you had a goal, 2020 destroyed it. The pandemic began in March 
of, uh, on March 15th of 2020. That's not when the pandemic began. That's when everything shut down for two weeks, right? And then uh, Hurricane Laura came on August 28th. 2020 was just a mess. Started out great, uh, but it, you know, it didn't really end that way. If I had been standing before you on January 9th of 2021, uh, talking about the year, the, the, the state of the church for the previous year, I would have stood before you and said that there had been little to no progress on our rebuild, and our rebuild was an estimated $4.2 million. That's what I would have told you January 9th of 2021. I would have also told you that that previous year, that 2020 put us in a position as a church, as a staff, as leadership to completely reset and rethink most of our ministries due to the pandemic and a complete near, a near complete reset of our facilities due to Hurricane Laura. Everything was wiped off the, the whiteboard, so to speak. Everything that we, we thought we knew was changed, was upside down, topsy-turvy. Whatever, whatever phrase you want to use, nothing looked right anymore. It, the, the, the pandemic made our ministries not look right. We couldn't meet in, in groups. We, um, services. Uh, for the first time, I actually hear that cutting out now, John. So I'm going to move it around a little bit and see. If that helps. Uh, we live streamed our services. We live streamed our uh, connect groups. We, we didn't have anything here at the church going on from March to, to July. We, we finally got to come back in here uh, after dividing between the gym and the sanctuary to, to, keep it, uh, to keep us distance. We got to all come back in here in July. That's after a few outdoor services and then August 20th, the, the, uh, August 28th, rather, the, the hurricane came. And, and if you look at pictures of the destruction in the immediate aftermath, you still see the tape on the pews that forced us to sit uh, six feet apart from each other. That's what we looked at. That's what we were looking at throughout 2020. So we've got the reset of ministries, and then suddenly we can't, not only can we not gather in all the numbers that we thought we could. Now we can't use hardly any of our facilities to gather if we could gather. Water, ugh. We were discouraged, displaced, and disheveled. We were a mess. And I, I know that y'all just looked at the staff and thought, boy, they really have it together. Um, we didn't. We were discouraged, uh, displaced. We were disheveled. We were a mess. What? What's next? What in the world are we going to do? And so we, we did, we, we went outside the walls because we barely had walls anyway. And we did things like a uh, supply store in the bus barn and, and, and uh, the, the supply drives and and disaster relief, we cut trees and cut trees and cut trees and all these other things that we were doing 
We took the ministry outside the walls because it's all we could do. At the same time, trying to socially distance enough that we weren't becoming some hub, some cell of a, a super spreader of, of, of COVID. 2020 would have been a great time to quit. January 9th, 2021 would have been a great time to come and say, I'm done. In 20... In 2020, we averaged 129 in worship. Our 25-person-per-year decline continued through 2020. This is the beginning of my fifth year, January 9th, 2021, uh, you know, a few months in. Statistically, that's when the pastor and the church experience one of the best years that they're going to, certainly the best year that they've had, but the fifth year tends to be the, 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 one of the high water marks. It's, it's five and then around seven and, and ten, and if you can make it ten years, then things sort of even out. I mean, you always have issues, you always have high points and low points, but, but you're, you're, you're there, you're, you're set, you're, you're in stone, so to speak. And this was the fifth year. We're beginning the fifth year. Things should be getting easier and better. And we're looking at $4.2 million in recovery and ministries that just not the way we've done them at all and, and don't know what we're going to do. It's supposed to be better. It's supposed to be one of the best years that fifth year. And I'm here to tell you today it was. It absolutely was. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. 2020 was the year that I believe God began cutting rivers, making ways, and doing things new. Or rather, 2021, sorry. 2021 was when he began doing that. Because we didn't know what 2021 was going to look like. You know, the joke uh, has been, we went from 2020... Two, twenty, twenty, one, W O N, like the year one. They were the victor. Twenty twenty was the victor, and then we come to twenty twenty, also, twenty twenty two. It feels like we're on repeat. Uh, we we got a skip in our CD or our record player or. I don't know what the modern-day equivalent of a skip in your CD or a scratch on your record is, but things aren't working the way we thought they would. So in 2021, we began to look not so much forward as just right here. Okay, I would love to plan six months, six years, but what are we going to do tomorrow? 
when we don't have walls. And, and if you, if you want to know what that looks like, go back and look at some of the pictures of our vacation Bible school from the summer of 2021 right here in this room uh, when it looked a hair different than it looks now. We determined we were going to have Bible school. And we were going to have it wherever we could, and we would work around whoever we needed to, and we did. And thankfully, the whole theme of Bible school was archaeology. And it looked like we had dug this place out of the ground at that time. We had concrete and two-by-fours and the outside wall. So we just began to look and see what's going on now. What are we doing right now and what can we do right now and 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 I didn't realize it at the time this verse wasn't on my mind at the time but I believe it was Isaiah 43:19 happening as we spoke as we planned God was doing things he was putting the the source of the river starting the bulldozer for the new way he was doing new things in ways that we could not have thought of or planned but he was using pandemic and hurricanes to do all those things. Now, I don't want to take this verse out of context, and I'm not going to. We need to see it in its context. God is telling this to his chosen people, Israel, that he is going to do this new thing. They are either in exile or they are anticipating exile, and he's telling them, in this destruction... Jerusalem is destroyed. In this destruction, I'm doing something new. In this terror that you have been experiencing for a while, I am doing something new. I'm going to make a way through this. A way in the wilderness. A road where there wasn't a road. I'm going to provide rivers where there was no water. I'm doing this for the people. I'm doing this for my people. Israel. And I don't want to take that out of their context, but this verse describes at the very least a portion of God's character and his essence. He still does new things. He is always working, and he still provides ways and rivers. God hasn't changed. That's the same God in the mid-700s B.C. as we have today who walked us through a hurricane and a pandemic. So we come to January 9th, 2022. I celebrated my fifth year back in August. Now I'm in my sixth year. Um, entering retirement or getting close to it or something like that, maybe. Uh, not, not quite. I think I've got a year or two left. January 9th, 2022. Today. In 2021, we averaged 101 in worship. Now, there are churches that are doing worse than us. And by worse, I mean they're... Post-COVID numbers are worse than their pre-COVID numbers. They're way down. There are churches that are doing better than us. They're post-COVID, if we truly are post-COVID. Post-COVID numbers are up compared to their 
pre-COVID numbers. There's no standard. I think the, the, the majority of churches are doing worse rather than better. So we can blame it on, oh, well, it might not have been as bad if we hadn't had COVID. It might not have been as bad if we hadn't had a hurricane, but we did. So this is the reality we face regardless of the reasoning. 101 in worship was our average in 2021. So that decline in yearly average continues. I didn't put a, a, a graph up to show you, but if I had, and I can, I've got it on a spreadsheet on, on my computer, it, from 2004 to today, you have this. With a couple of bumps up, but then all those were before 2010. But... The year 2021, while our number was down, and I told you all this in a business meeting a few months ago, while the attendance number is still down for the year, we're up. From the beginning, from January to December of 2021, for the first time in nine years, and only the third time in 15 years, our attendance increased from January to December in a calendar year. That's a celebration. That is God doing something. God making a way. God providing rivers. The year ended, the year 2021, ended better than it began in both attendance and in giving. We've increased in both of those things, both of those areas, in one year. And y'all, I would love to be able to point to the brilliant ideas of your staff, their charismatic personalities, and their just pinpoint accuracy in figuring out exactly what to do to grow a church. But instead... I'm going to point to the God who makes a way in the wilderness, provides rivers in a desert, and is still doing new things today. About to do something. As a matter of fact, it's on its way now. We're only a few weeks, I'm not going to say two weeks, I'm just going to say a few weeks, from rebuild, completion, and a couple of months from complete normalcy. Where uh, once the rebuild is done and everybody is, is, all the, the workers are gone, we'll still have a few months of, of pulling stuff out of storage and the bus barn's half full of, of things that were on trailers and we've got stuff stuck in various places and we're going to have to go through all that and put everything where it goes and, and, and find those things that are broken and ruined that we didn't see earlier, and, and there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, Jaden, can you go uh, forward a couple of uh, slides, please, sir? One more. There we go. So we've got some work to do, and there's some, the, uh, some time uh, left to do it. But that really forces us to ask the question, and this is where I was getting as I was preparing this over the last few weeks and, and preparing to talk about this if that's normalcy, if normalcy is on its way, well then, what will a new normal 
look like? What, what is a new normal for us? Well, I dare say a, a new normal will, be, will look like a, a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let me tell you how we've already seen God working. God has already done a number of things. We have a $5.76 million rebuild, and that we could really call remodel. Remember I said, if I told you a year ago what we were expecting, we were expecting 4.2, 4.3. If I'd gone back to the weeks immediately after the hurricane, I would have said it was 1.8, then 2.5, then 3.1. It just kept growing. The, more, the deeper they looked, the more problems they found. We are at $5.76 million now. But it wasn't just a rebuild. It was a, a, a remodel. And I, I've talked about this before. The, the, the most obvious place we got remodeled, other than the sanctuary, I mean, this is the most visible, yes, but this is... I mean, well, this is, yeah, this is major, okay. But I want to talk about the sound equipment. <laughs> That's what I really want to talk about. The, the sound equipment that, that over the years we've had to replace this piece and that piece and make this today's piece work with this 10-year-old piece and, and patch it. And we had brilliant guys that could do that and could like build the stuff to make those things connect and make them work, and they did, and, and the regret was always that we couldn't just wipe it out and start over. When that broke, we need to replace all this too, but we can't afford to replace all this. We can only replace that. But when insurance wiped it out, I'm sorry, when the hurricane wiped it out, and insurance came along and said, well, you need this piece, this piece, this piece, this piece, and this piece, they also had to say, but these other pieces won't work with the new pieces, so you have to get everything new. And so $415,000 later, we have a state-of-the-art sound system that is updated as of just a couple of months ago. As a matter of fact, there were some things, and I can't remember which it is, I think the soundboard and maybe a couple of other things that I know the soundboard, that they were getting ready to install our soundboard and learned that a newer model had just come out. And so we got, like, literally days-old model soundboard instead of a year-old model. That's God working. And I wish I had time to tell you every little thing throughout all of these facilities where we would worry and wonder... Is this going to get repaired? Is this going to, here's a problem we've had for a while, what's going to happen here? And, and, and these little questions, and over and over and over, that I got to see on the daily, God said, yeah, I'm going to take care of that too. It's okay. And that's just stuff. That's just stuff. We also have not just a physically stronger church we have a spiritually stronger church i know that for a fact i've seen it over and over i hear it in the conversations the conversations that are had with me the conversations that i hear that are had between church members we are in a different place 
today than we were a year ago, today than we were two years ago, and certainly today than we were five years ago. We are a spiritually stronger church. And I think one of the main reasons we have that is because as a church, we are committed to daily Bible reading. And I wish more of us were committed to the weekly discipleship group meetings that we have uh, in various homes so we could discuss what we're reading, but the preaching on what we're reading combined with the discussion of what we're reading. So we are getting six to seven days, nobody meets on Saturday, so six days of that reading of the week together as a community, as a family, that is strengthening us at our core, our spiritual core. We're stronger than we were. I don't just hear conversations about the Bible reading. I hear conversations along the lines of what is God doing and going to do. I hear less and less about what we need to do, what I want to do, what, what would be the most, uh, well, the most common sense thing to do. The conversations almost unanimously are, what's God going to do? How is God going to lead our church? And as I look back over the past nearly two years now, I see a commitment by so many through the difficulties of pandemic and disaster. I've seen it over and over in our church members, and and it, it is a regular conversation among the staff to have a need and then worry about meeting the need because we concern ourselves with the potential of church member burnout. We've asked them to do so much, and here we have this need. Do we ask again? And over and over and over, what we hear is, yes, ask me to do again. Let me know what needs to be done. There has been a commitment to work when the work needed to be done. We've, we've worked hard for a long time, but I don't think anything, uh, nothing meets the disaster relief work of, uh, of cutting the trees and all the yard work that we did. But second to that was manning that blazing hot uh, supply store we had in the bus barn for six weeks while we tried to help our neighbors. I've seen a commitment by so many to accept what's going on. There, has been, uh, there have been numerous times where decisions had to be made at a split second. And the congregation, you, have said, well, it just needed to be made. I know I've told some of you, and maybe I said this at a business meeting too, I can't remember now if I did. I've never been more nervous than the day I signed the contract with Paul Davis Construction on August, 20, uh, August 30th. I think it was a Saturday that I did that. Because at that point, I was committing to our church paying Paul Davis now... million or something like that. 
Y'all, do y'all hear the weight of that decision? And we had no electricity, we had no internet, we had no cell phones, and we couldn't meet as a group. There was no calling a business meeting, because even if I wanted to call one, I couldn't even let you know that there was one. We just had to make the decision. And I called the Johns. John Bridges and John Watson. John Bridges is a deacon. John Watson is property in space and said, hey, we've got some decisions to make. I didn't call them. I saw them here. Uh, We've got some decisions to make. We've got to make these decisions. And your faith in your staff and in your leaders has been remarkable and so comfortable. I've lost the word. I've appreciated it. Let me put it that way. There's a word that ends in "ubble" that I couldn't think of what it was. That leads to the support. Your work, your acceptance, your support. I know not everybody here has agreed with every decision we've made. Some of y'all just learned that I signed a contract for five and a half million dollars in the name of the church. And you go, hey, you shouldn't have done that. You're probably wrong. Um, (laughs) It wasn't the right way, but it had to be done. Otherwise, who's going to rebuild the place? But your support to, okay, well, that's what needs to be done. Let's, let's move on. Y- y'all don't know the value of that. Uh, uh, I, I mean, some of you might if you've le- been in leadership positions where you had to make decisions for a group, but, but you, you don't. I, I don't think you know, especially given what I've already talked about over the years and, and some of the friction it wouldn't have always been that way. And then finally, your giving, financial giving. We, we still struggle. We're still wondering what the next year looks like. And yet, you have given, the Lord has provided, and we are still here. God is still doing things. We, had, we busted our goal for Georgia Barnett and for Lottie Moon missions offerings. Here in the midst of all of this crazy, we beat both of those goals. And we still have air conditioning. So what are we going to do? There's the state. I told you all that. Now what's the vision? What are we going to do? Well, one thing will not change. Bible preaching and spirit-led worship are a given. When we couldn't meet... When we, when we had the pandemic, that was what we went to. We're going to preach and we're going to worship. And we won't be as together as we would like, but those are the things we are going to do. But what else are we going to do? I wish I knew. I wish I had a list. I have no list. Because of the 12 specific new actions and ministries that we laid out for 2020 in our Vision 23 message... It would have been, theoretically, January 9th, 2020. Of the 12 specific new actions and ministries that we laid out for 2020, we were only able to implement three of those, and those only partially, thanks to the pandemic and the hurricane. We had our list, and our list went... 
activities that we had planned because we, we had more on that list that we wanted to do with what we were already doing. Activities that we had planned to continue or expand, they also got postponed or canceled. So I learned in 2020 that while a list may be a nice guide down the road, it don't mean squat uh, when, when real life happens all of a sudden. I can tell you what we aren't going to do. We are not going to throw a bunch of things on the wall and hope something sticks. We're not going to just start doing ministries and do, and do this. And, well, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And, and hope that something kind of takes off and kind of works. We don't have the volunteers or the resources for that sort of thing. Burnout's a real thing, both in the staff and in the membership. So we're not going to just start doing things to hope something works. doesn't mean we're not going to try new things, but it means that when we try something new, it will have been carefully thought out, and we are going to do it thoughtfully and carefully. It doesn't mean, or, or something that we're not going to do, is we're not going to bring back something merely because we used to do it, just because we had it. We're going to strategically meet needs and ministry opportunities as they arise and as God leads. It's, it's God's making the way. So we're going to follow that way. We are not going to do things just so we look busy or are busy. We're not going to plan busyness and meaningless activity. Churches can get in that trap. Well, if we don't look busy, they're not going to think we're doing anything. I ain't interested in looking busy. I'm interested in doing ministry. I'm interested in meeting needs. And what are the needs of our church? What are the needs of our community? And as those arise, we will meet those needs. What we're not going to do is try to figure out what effect natural disasters and, and viruses might have on our church and waste time wondering what if... Will, what will we do if dot, 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 something happens? Move forward, please, Jaden. Next slide. Thank you. We're going to make plans. Uh, we're going to learn from the past, but we're not going to move forward timidly. Um, we'll take things as they come, but we're going to understand that we can't plan things without some knowledge of what, me, or what might be. So what's the vision? What's our vision for 2022? Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. That's our vision. That's our Renew Week theme. We prayed about, y'all prayed about, whoever came to the men's and women's prayer time yesterday morning, y'all prayed about our Renew Week theme, our Renew Week, where uh, Ed Litton and Andy Buckley and Adam Greenway and Marcus Hayes are going to preach, and Quint Atkins and his band are going to lead us in worship, and Jess Archer are gonna lead our, is going to lead our children, and... Um, and I have forgotten the uh, guy who's coming for the youth. Um, if Tom were here, he could yell it to me. Josh, somebody. 
Josh Eubanks is coming in to lead our youth, and then uh, that's Monday through Wednesday, and then on the next Sunday night, we are going to end it, cap it off with Fred Luter coming to preach from Franklin Avenue. That theme uh, of, of God doing something new, renewing, the, the, the week's theme, the, the days, the, the services rather, reset, refresh, reveal, refocus, restart. The vision is to ask God what is next? God, what are you doing? What way are you making? What river are you uh, putting in our desert? What, what, you're already doing it. So what do we have to do? And this will not happen in March and end. It will happen over and over at different times and in different orders. And we'll look at something, and we'll, now we have to renew, and now we've got to rethink, and we have to restart, we've got to refresh, oh, let's refocus, and we're just going to go back and forth through that through the year. That is what we will be doing. Our vision for this year, and maybe for a while, is sort of a rewording, a reworking of our rebuild committee's vision. I took this and I changed the language a little bit. So our vision for 2022, we desire to be a church that's welcoming and comfortable, yet speaks the truth in love, that adapts to meet needs realized and those to come, useful for for fulfilling the great commission of going, preaching, teaching, baptizing, and discipling through extending open hands and building deep, friendships, nurturing all believers, and changing lives through the gospel. That is our vision as a church. So what's the plan? Well, God has the plan. Let's go back to that verse. He says, I'm about to do something new. God has the plan. He's about to do something. It doesn't mean that we do nothing. It means that we do what he is doing. It means, as we learned in experiencing God, that we join him in what he is doing. He is about to do something. Then what is our responsibility, experiencing God, folks? To join him in what he is doing. I'm about to do something new he says. And then he goes on and he says, even now it is coming. That means he is doing it right now. The, 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 the preparations are underway. He's putting pieces in place. He has brought the pandemic. He has brought the hurricane and he is using those things to position us for what is next. He's working his plan for our church right now. God is doing it this morning. He's working on us this morning to prepare us for what he is going to do. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Sometimes we think that we have to see God's preparation in order to believe that he's got a plan, and that is not the way it works. God is always working, we were taught, right? God is always at work. He will make the way. Proverbs tells us that man plans the steps. We come up with our ideas, and yet God directs things. He will make the way. Indeed, he says, I will make a way in the wilderness. That is the path that we follow. 
even when it seems like there's no path, and that is the scariest part. I don't know how many, I've, I've used this all the time, so I'm not going to ask the question. Marvel fans, if you've been to see Shang-Chi, if you haven't, sorry, it's old enough, it's not a spoiler anymore at this point. When there, there's this enchanted wood in the movie, and there's this little creature thingy that's the only one that knows how to get through it because the, the maze through the woods opens up, and you have to follow it exactly, and if you don't, the woods close on you and crush you. So you got to know right when to turn, just at the right time, and you can do all these things. And, 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 and this little creature tells them, turn right, and they turn, that was left, they turn right, and turn left, and, and, and back and forth, you know, and, and you got to do it right then, you got to go in a hurry, you can't close, it's closing behind you. And I, I swear, I think that's the way it feels sometimes when we say, God will make a way in the wilderness. That we've got to turn right when he says, but I... But that is true. We do have to turn right when he says. If we hesitate, if we veer off in another direction, if we say, well, let me think about what you just told me to do, God, then we've missed the opportunity to obey. When there seems to be no path, God is making a path. The fourth thing he says here is that he will provide what's necessary. Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert were for food and primarily for drinking. You could fish, but you got water. They also provided an opportunity for animals to graze because it became oasis, o o oases and, and trees would grow and those trees would have fruit and nuts and that sort of thing. It was rarely for travel. You didn't take the rivers through the desert, you took the paths through the desert, and you hoped there was a river where you could get water. God will provide what's necessary. Even when it doesn't look like we have what's necessary. Folks, we haven't had what was necessary for the last five years. Eh, four. Uh, the conversations in committee meetings, stewardship, personnel, among the staff is, well, we've probably got a year. And then we're out of money. And every year, God provides a river in the desert. Is he going to provide that next year? I don't know. I'm going to take the path that he has put us on. And assume if this is his path, then there's also a river in the desert just ahead. There's also the resource that we need in order to continue along that path. I'm just going to go on faith. Because that's the scripture. That's the vision for the church. When the resources aren't abundant, God gives what is needed. He always has. He has never withheld what was needed. May not give us what we want, but always what we need. And we can't end this morning. We can't end this vision, this, this God-provided way and resource discussion without remembering that God has provided the way and the river, the water, our way and our river, 
in Jesus Christ. It's why we do this. It's it's the, the focus and the driving passion of everything that we do. Why do we trust God for the ways in the, in the wilderness and the rivers and the desert? Because we have a command to take the gospel everywhere, to minister to our community. And regardless of who's on staff, regardless of who the church members are, regardless of what our facilities look like and whether we have any money or not, the command still stands. So we continue to Put the goal, put the cause, put the focus on telling people about Jesus and discipling believers. And everything else, God will provide. Because he's already provided everything we need in Jesus Christ. If he's going to provide our salvation and we'll trust him with our eternity, can't we trust him with 2022? That's what I'm choosing. Because it's all I've got. Because 2020 and 2021 and 2019 and 2018 didn't tell me anything other than all I can trust is God. And that's who I'm going to trust. And I'm asking you to trust him with me as we move forward as a church with this vision to reach people for Jesus. And this morning, maybe you don't know the way, the truth, and the life. You don't know the living water of Jesus Christ, and you can. This is a different message, especially for those of you who are guests here this morning. This was a little odd for you to come into. Uh, I know that, but you get to hear the heart of this church, at the very least, the heart of this church's pastor. But the heart of this church is that everyone know Jesus as Savior. So if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you can do that today. Admit you're a sinner, believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you will be saved. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you will admit to him that you are a sinner and say, Lord Jesus, I don't want to be that anymore. Will you save me? He will do it. I guarantee you he will do it. And your life will never be the same. And you'll be able to do what we're talking about. Experiencing God in a whole new incredible way. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are still working. That you are still alive and active and and in our midst, around us, Lord. In us. In ways that we cannot see, we cannot fathom, and yet you are working. Thank you for that. Thank you for, to continue, for continuing to invite us to be a part of what you're doing, to invite, uh, continuing to invite us in. Thank you for providing everything we need for life and holiness. Everything we need to fulfill the plan you have for us. You have the plan. You're doing it now. We need to follow your way and trust your provision of all that we need in order to follow your way. And as a church, our purpose is to tell people about Jesus and disciple believers. And I pray that we never lose that focus. God, may we be a part of what you're doing here. 
May more come to be a part of what you're doing here. And may, be the only, may the only thing that attracts people to this church be that we are faithful followers of Jesus. Not music, not buildings, not programs, but that we preach the Bible, worship God, and we follow Him. And then that everything else is just, just lanyard. Lord, may that be who we are, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're just take a minute or two. I want Mindy to play uh, whatever song we're singing. Yeah, enough. Uh, quietly. But just take a minute or two, and then you'll have the opportunity, if you want, to come forward and to pray here at the stage, if you want to do that. Uh, in the back, uh, a couple of our deacons will be back there. Lee and, and Kirk are in the back. Normally Tom would be up here, but he's not here today. Maybe you just want to pray where you are, but how can you be a part of what God is going to do, the, the way in the wilderness that God is going to provide? Just want to take a couple of minutes to pray about that. If you'd like more information on, more explanation on how you can trust Jesus as Savior, these two men can tell you that, no problem. But let's stand for just for a minute or two. Pray silently, pray quietly, and then we'll worship ourselves out.